His work on alternating currents helps electrify the world. Hello, faithful listener, and welcome to A Kettle and Some String, the Doctor Who podcast where we take a random trip through all the Doctor's adventures in time and space. I'm Dave, and as my guest today, I'm delighted to welcome, it's Mr. Alec Gutteridge. Hope I got your name right there, because I'm bad on pronunciations, Alec. But how are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Not bad at all. Uh, Yeah, really looking forward to talking about this episode, and really nice to talk to you. It's nice to talk to you too. Um, <laughs> so where, what episode are we looking at? What, we're in Jodie's era, but what, what episode are we looking at? So today we are going to be looking at Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror. Yes, from our second full season. So Jodie's been the Doctor for over a year. Yeah. And yeah, this is a, an interesting episode. Nina, I'm going to get, I'm bad on pronunciations. Nina met a beer. <laughs> is the writer of this. So she was, understand, a successful writer and producer in her own right. I mean, I was reading up about her and she's done some cracking sort of... I'm sure she won a BAFTA for something. Oh, really? Yeah. And then got a job as a script editor in the last series, so series 11, and then was allowed to write her own episode for for this (laughs) series. Well, she did a good job. uh, She did a decent job, yeah. yeah. An early version of the story, uh, which was called Tesla, just simply Tesla. Tesla and Dorothy would have, have left Wardenclyffe after suspecting sabotage, meeting the doctor's group on the train. And then there was a group of aliens just called the Scorpions. So I'm glad they changed that because it just sounds very generic. We'll just call you the Scorpions. And uh, they would have been creatures that could possess humans and get, let them become electric people. So it's not okay. far away from what we saw, but no. Yeah. And the electric people thing sounds a lot like uh, oh, what's the name of the ones that are in Spyfall? Um, um yeah, them. The, <laughs> um, the ones that look like that everyone thought was the board. Yes, those ones. <laughs> Just because they look the outline of them, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we've got obviously Anil Mohindra is the villain in this, and. She was delighted to get the call for this because, of course, she's been in the Sarah Jane Adventures as Rani for many years and then got the call, do you want to be in Doctor Who? Um, I get the feeling that, that when she got the prosthetics or was told about prosthetics, it maybe <laughs> it was, okay, this is a bit daunting. Yeah. Because um, she said it was bonkers but exhilarating. And she had thought about it so much that she had a backstory. She thought, How, where's this queen come from? So she made up her own backstory, apparently. In her head about this queen and said that well i think she's been ridiculed all her life and her sister got all the attention so that's why she's this like spoiled brat sort of wanting to go about the universe and just nick everyone's stuff that's good i like that <laughs> it's lovely that she's done that much like thought into what what is quite a it's a she does a good job but um just quite a generic 
alien baddie. Yeah, you don't find out really anything about the no. Gifra at all. It's... And, it, and it's something that um, I want to talk about when we get into the episode, but I think it's shot really oddly. All of her scenes are shot really close up on her face. But when you actually see the whole costume, I really like the look of the whole costume because she's got like shoulder pads made of half tires with like spike. Looks very Mad Max. Mm -hmm. It looks very sort of like it fits in with the whole scavenger look and everything like that. And yeah. she there's there's a shot of her the way she looks really small in because it looks like a sort of military Sergeant Pepper style jacket that she's wearing. But I think if you could have seen that in the episode, I think that adds a lot to the character because it feels like someone who is literally trying to appear bigger and scarier than than they actually are um but you don't get any of that from the way it's shot in the episode yeah come and think here there isn't even many wide shots here at all is there there's just the one no. where she comes into the uh to boarding cliff yeah the, the, but that's about it you never really see her like as you say it's always like close-ups here twitch and face yeah yeah never really thought much about it but you're right <laughs> yeah Gordon. I'm going to, oh God, there's some strange pronunciations in this. Yeah. Goran Vizhnijic. I probably muttered it. Sorry, Goran. <laughs> of course, appears as Tesla in this. Um, but he already knew a lot about him. Uh, I was reading it. He had read his biography and uh, he was already familiar with his work because, of course, he's Croatian. And, you know, Tesla was from what yeah. was Croatia, but it was Yugoslavia back then. Or the no, in fact, I think it was the Austrian. Empire, yes. Austro-Hungarian Austro Empire, that's it. Yeah. So he was quite familiar with them anyway. Um, and when he was asked if he needed help with the research, he just kind of said, well, no, nah, I've already got him. I've, I've, I already know all about him. Thanks. Thanks very much. But he hated the moustache by the sounds that he found the moustache really uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that doesn't come across at all in the performance. He's done very well not looking no, like annoyed with his... I'll just clarify that Tesla was born in Austria-Hungary. It was by the time he was born, it was really uh, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's not 130 <laughs> years old or whatever. The Austrian Empire stopped. And we've got obviously the episode filmed in Bulgaria. In this, I was wondering if it's the same studio as the one in. Is it Doctor? Ah, the Return of Doctor Mysterio was filmed there. I think. But I'm thinking it must be the oh. same. Studio. Do you know what it could be? Because obviously it's the same sort of, I mean, obviously it's it's aged down to be a lot earlier style New York, but it's it's a similar sort of setting, really, isn't it? Yeah, I must look that up. I think it must be. Yeah, but Goran had filmed Spartacus there fifteen years previously because he put up something on his Instagram saying, "I'm back at the studio that I was in fifteen years ago in Bulgaria." So that's pretty cool. <laughs> I've never seen the Spartacus film with him in it, though. So. I I'll be honest. I like. I, I'm, I'm aware he's from ER, but I've never seen him in anything else. <laughs> I'm the same, yeah. <laughs> and Bradley Walsh, of course, always the, the Joker. Um, on this one, he had obviously worked with Angel on the Sierra Jane Adventures. Yeah. Where, and he had played a clown in that, like a. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But he didn't recognise her in the makeup, so. She thought he was joking with her when he said, "Right, can I see a picture of you so that if I pass you in the street?" I know who you are and I can say hello. <laughs> and it's only when he asked that that she realised he's been serious, he's not got a clue who I am. So, yeah. There was something on I found on Instagram as well where 
uh, Goran and Mandic Gill were having fun pretending it was an anti-graft device that he had invented. And it sounded like it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. It seems to be on every Jodie episode. It seems to be that anyone who comes on the show says she's great fun and we had a good time. And I, I, I think that comes across in an awful lot of interviews and like and, and appearances that Jodie does. I think she just has a a lovely, welcoming, warm energy about her that radiates out and really makes wherever she is seem to be like a mini party going on and you want to be part of it. Yeah. Nicola Tesla's Night of Terror then was transmitted January 2020. So we've got the Doctor and Fee regulars, of course, this time. So we've got Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor, obviously. We've got Bradley Walsh as um, Graham. We've got Mandic Gill as Yaz and we've got Toz and Cole as Ryan. Glad I got that all out without making a mistake. <laughs> amongst the guest cast, as we say, we've got Koran Viznajik, or whatever his surname is, as Nikola Tesla. So, yeah, as you say, he's in ER. Um, he was in the girl with the dragon tattoo, apparently, but can he think what he uh, The only thing that I saw that he was in, and it, I actually genuinely want to see it now, he was in some film with um, uh, Pierce Brosnan, where right. Pierce Brosnan's playing like a UN peacekeeper, like trying to fix some <laughs> uh, some stolen art but the it's a sequel and the original pierce brosnan film stars pierce brosnan patrick stewart christopher lee and terence hardyman the demon headmaster and it's like wow i want to see that film yeah but any idea what that is but uh, it's it's it was originally called death train but um i can't remember what it's called because they're both like it's night watch is the second film but they've got like it's called like the detonator or something like that is the overall title and that's who Pierce Brosnan's playing I'll have to leave that up with that cast yes. list I know. definitely and John Abenary's in it as well so that's oh John Abenary even better <laughs> yeah. so it's better a than a Doctor Who yeah we've got Robert Glenister as Thomas Edison who of course was in Caves Androzani Salatine yeah. himself but he's been in Hustle, he was in an Only Fools and Horses episode, I remember, as uh, the, um, Rodney's pal that was had, like, the the stores with all the organic stuff in it. That was oh, all with, yes. the, with the water. Yes. Uh, which yeah. turned out to be just actually his tap in the, the flats. But, <laughs> yeah. And he was Rodney's pal that checked the soil and got duped by, by Dale and that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't remember what that's called. Oh, Miracle, no. I can't remember. It's the Peckham Springs water, isn't it? Yeah, Peckham Springs, yeah. <laughs> Angie Mohindra, of course, is Queen of the Skiffra, who she seems to be making a big name for herself when I when I looked up. Obviously, she was in Sarah Jane, but she's been in something called The Lazarus Project, which apparently is pretty big. Yeah, and she's uh, she's done some directing as well, hasn't she? Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I think she's she she's directed something fairly recently that's been quite well received. I think she's properly making a name for herself in everything, which is awesome. And um, obviously she's the partner of uh, Sasha Dwan. Is she? God, how yeah. have I not known this? She's partner of um, Sasha Dwan. Yeah. Um, how? They're together. how have I not known this? <laughs> must be the only person in... In, in... in all fairness, I only know it because I got the Blu-ray set of season seven. I can't remember which season it is, but... Um, yeah, because her and they both, they do, they're in the, um, behind the sofa, the two of them. All watching right. it together. Um, and 
when I was watching that, I, I remember going, they've got, there's a lot of chemistry between these two. Is this something oh. I don't know about? And it turns out, yes, it is. I can't have done if I knew that. So, oh, that's a two <laughs> celebrity couple. Yeah. And we've got Kaylee McGee as Dorothy Skerritt, who's Tesla's assistant. And she's been famous for, she does a lot of solo shows. So she was in the Edinburgh Fringe up here last year um, doing a play called Age of a Feeling, which apparently was all about somebody's 25th birthday up till their death, like going through their life. And she got nominated for an Olivia Award. So, oh, wow. She's pretty talented in writing her own stuff. What was your initial thoughts? Did you first see it on transmission? Or? Yeah, um, I'm fairly certain at that time I would have been watching as it went out. Um, and I, I remember at the time just being like, oh, yeah, I enjoyed that. That was good. Like, it wasn't an episode that blew me away. It wasn't one where I was like, I love that. I want to watch that again, like right now. But um, yeah, I remember enjoying it. But then I enjoyed most of, I enjoyed all of series 11 and most of series 12, like as it went out. So, um, so yeah, it didn't, it didn't stand out to me as this is a standout of the series, but I did really enjoy it. What about yeah, you? Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. Um, I thought Goran was amazing as Tesla. Was oh, like, he really is, yeah. And certainly takes his place among the many sort of great guest turns in Doctor Who. Um, I thought the period was realised beautifully as well. And certainly I never knew much about Tesla, so it educated me about the whole stuff with Edison and so on. I, I knew nothing about um but yeah i mean i thought the series 12 was it's interesting jody's era because the 11th series 11 to me at the time was almost like how i think people of season 24 would have felt back in the old classic yes. where it was yeah. certainly different it's sort of like i'm not sure if this is doctor who but it's different and it doesn't quite feel right Cause, just because it's different yeah and then series 12 for me was more like okay yeah i'm this is this is more like it. I thought it got better as it went along. Yeah. See, much as I, I I do enjoy series eleven, series eleven oddly, much like series twenty two feels quite. Uh, sorry, twenty four feels quite panto after mm -hmm. the Colin, but it feels really like children's and panto. Which don't get me wrong, I love season twenty four. It's um, right up there because I'm a big Sylvester McCoy fan. So that's. Uh, um, <laughs> But um, I think season 11 feels like it, it totally goes for that Sunday spot because it feels like Call the Midwife or one of those yeah. style shows. Um, and and that and I don't think that's necessarily a problem. I think Doctor Who is so malleable, it can be lots and lots of different things. But um, it definitely feels a lot more low-key than season 12 then felt. Or series 12. Oh, then. yeah. Like the, it was like set standalone stories almost all the way through season uh, and then suddenly we've got in the first two part or you know the master um just jumping about to about 100 different places uh, yeah. to solve this mystery the uh gallifrey's dead again and yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know so the stakes are much higher yeah and then of course it, it peaks at, uh or doesn't depends on your point of view <laughs> with the timeless children at yeah. the end but uh, but then I, I think that's also something, and sorry to go off on a slight tangent here. No, um, um, I, I've spoken about this with some of my friends because my friend Ben, who I do a podcast with, and, and I will never agree on a Batman film because to Ben, 
Batman is a detective. He wants to see him solving crime, detecting crime, using his mind. Mm-hmm. I want to see Batman sort of like the 60s show where he's beating up bad guys and running around and Joker's got goons and henchmen and stuff is going on all the time. Neither of us are wrong. Batman is both of those things. And I think the timeless children hits the same way as that. I, I don't mind the timeless child stuff. It's doesn't, it doesn't affect how I feel about the doctor because the parts that it destroys aren't the important things about the doctor to me. But if your important thing about the doctor is that they're a normal, regular person or time Lord who rejected what the time Lord stood for. And the thing that you love about them is that they are this rebel that decided to go against everything else. And they're not special. They're only special in the sense of they stood up and said, no, I'm going to be different. Um, Mm -hmm. Then I think it does change that for you. And neither one is right. Neither one is wrong. It's just what you take from that character. It's basically his uh, episode, like the Deadly Assassin, must have been because how the Deadly oh, Assassin yeah. back in the day seemed to have been how it came bottom of the season something back in seventy five or seventy six. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, it's a cracking story, but I bet you folk felt the same in that you can't oh, it's remove the mystery and he's yeah. thirteen lives, and you know, it's it, it's one of these stories where you love it or hate it. Yeah, uh, yeah, Jesus, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 like I said, I don't think I, I think you are right whichever one you are. If you hate it, you're right. And if you if you love it, you're right. It's just it's whether it's for you or not. And there's nothing wrong with that. We're starting in Niagara Falls uh, in, this, <laughs> in this story. <laughs> in front of Niagara Falls of all places, and Nikola Tesla's introducing a group of men to this new method, this AC that he's inventing for electricity. And they're all sort of impressed and going, oh, that, this is amazing. Until he says, of course, right, but I need $50,000 from each year to make this a reality. Ah, okay. And then there's even the guy that just walks out and goes, well, I'm not doing fairy tales. I'm out by. The gorgeous shot of the falls at the beginning to open it, though. It's just, oh, wow. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I genuinely, I can't tell you if that is all location, if it is all digital. I, do, I genuinely don't know. I don't know. I yeah. honestly don't know either. I mean, I'm assuming, obviously, never went to Niagara Falls. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know how much of that is. It just looks great. Yeah, it, it does. And, and, like, and I think that's one of the positives about Jodie's era is that I think it does have amazing shots like that where it's photo real. You can't tell if it's real or not. And it looks gorgeous most of the time. Like Even even heading forward a bit, like the costumes they're wearing and everything, everything looks gorgeous. In this episode, yeah, I mean, shots like the one in like the ghost moment, for example, when the plane's crashing. Oh, yeah, things like that. It's like you've we've never seen sort of. I mean, obviously, I'm assuming in five, ten years' time, we're going to look back and say, well, that's not as good as it is now, but you know, it's just one of the things it carried, it just gets better and better and better, but it just looks stunning. It does, and you really believe no fringing around his head or anything like back in the old days, you know, um, you really believe he's there, Um, yeah. And he's got this amazing sort of speech that he gives about, I, I want to animate the universe. And uh, as we've already sort of touched on, his performance. Is... I mean, it is, it, it's a proper, it's a proper acting performance. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's, it is one of those performances where you can, 
you can just tell everything that's going on under the surface as well as him giving the speech. And he is so good. I think they were so lucky to get such good casting for this episode. Yeah, as you say, like you can see that the acting's going on behind his eyes. He's he's inhabiting the whole character. He's not just yeah. saying his lines, you know. Um, and the music in this as well impressed me. Oh yeah. Oh, so many points. Um, like the music here when he's talking away, and then it just suddenly stops when he says fifty thousand dollars. And bits later on, like the train chase, and you know, the, and oh, obviously oh. the bit at the end. I've, yeah, I've got. I've, I've literally got a note because I think Akinola's score, um, especially in like in 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 the chase bit, right near the end, I think that is such a cracking bit of score. I think it adds the energy to it. it it's just a gorgeous piece of music, and um, I'm I'm definitely a big fan of what he brought to the show. Um, oh yeah, and, and yeah, I I think this is a particularly good episode for his music. It needed. I think the show to liven it up. I mean, Money Gold is, was great, but it can get to a point where after a couple of years you've seen, you think you've heard it all sort of thing, yeah. you know. I mean, I'm not suggesting that you never heard anything in the later years, but I think it was a good thing for to be a new voice to the show. I actually think some sometimes that they should go back to, like, the old days and have, like, different musicians throughout the season, but I don't know how... No, I, I, it's just I not the wrong thing now, you know. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think obviously for budget reasons they're not going to do that. But I think yeah. having a different composer for every different story when they're all set in different eras, different places, different planets, that's definitely the way to do it because that's what gives the I mean, you can argue, well, you want the show to feel like a cohesive whole and you want it to have a through line, including in the score. But I think you could have the themes that can work in every episode. So you just go, right, I want you to work this bit of theme in, in this episode somewhere. But yeah. you can have them all in different styles and different composers. And I think that would make for a really interesting series. I mean, it's just like, for me, like the James Bond film. You've got the James Bond theme, but you've had yeah. 19 composers on James Bond scores doing yeah. the theme. And the fact that they do it slightly different with different instruments or something just adds something different to it as opposed to hearing the same theme. The same exactly. And it's just my personal preference, but it would be good sometimes to just mix it up. And um, yeah, I mean, Murray Wall's now coming back, of course, and <laughs> yeah. I suspect he'll obviously have a brand new. Like he would. I mean, what was in, impressive about him is when Matt Smith took over. I know we're going off topic with the episode, no. sorry, but like it was like like a totally different sound. It was like, yeah. oh my god, when the, the Eleven Fowler score went out, like is this the same guy who composed the last? Absolutely, and 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 I think that. Uh... For, for me, the, the, the thing that I'm most dis disappointed with about him coming back is I don't think he's got another theme tune in him. I think we've seen all the different versions of the theme tune he can probably do. I'm sure he'll surprise us with something, but it feels like like I, I, I enjoy Akinola's version of the, of the theme tune um, and, and, uh, it's, and the visuals and everything that go with it. I think it really gels well together. Um, and I, I was looking forward to seeing someone else's interpretation of that theme. And whilst I'm sure it will be good, and I think definitely getting Murray Gold back for the specials would have been a really good idea because they're trading on the nostalgia and everything like that. I think that would have worked really well. I, I do think it's a shame that we're not getting someone new for season 14. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think I would have liked to have... 
mean, what's going to happen is we're both going to look back in a year's time and go, oh, what were we thinking? You know, he's, he's oh, yeah. marvellous. That's absolutely here, but, what we're going to do. But, um, but yeah, I, yeah, I think it would have been a good time to put another voice, a different voice on. Because he yeah. must know more than one music composer. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I know that Russell obviously, like, seems to, like, you know, like, work with the same people all the time, which is fair enough. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So Tesla has people walking out with the £50,000 uh, request and then the workman comes in and says sorry there's been an accident and somebody's been killed he's been electrocuted and he has to obviously find out what on earth's going on and it turns out that somebody's been stealing parts uh, and his joy when he works out that it was stolen is I love that scene where he's just going like, yes it was stolen it yeah he's, he's relieved because he's thinking yeah. oh god I've, I've tested the machines to death there's no nothing wrong with them why was it killed this guy what's going on yeah. So something's so, yeah. stealing parts, and then he sees this orb suddenly appear. This orb of fast as we find out, and put, he puts it in his hand, and he's literally like, she, "Well, of course, Dorothy comes in and says, what, what's this?' Like, <laughs> I have absolutely no idea." And he's just completely fascinated by this thing. And what I noticed, the first thing I noticed it when I watched it the other day is when he's working away, you see somebody in the back of the, the other side of the building walking around the back, which I'd never clicked before. So that oh, is no. the, the guy that obviously appears in a minute trying to kill them. Yeah. Oh, I haven't spotted that. That's, that's an amazing attention to detail. Oh. The, yeah, the guys at the back. Yeah. If yeah. I thought, what the hell, they put a guy in. <laughs> um, and so they can start, the laser bolts are going off and then Jody's entrance. Oh, is isn't it amazing? Fantastic. So yeah. You've not heard, you've not seen something weird around here, have you? And <laughs> um, yeah, it's her energy for me. It um, is. And, and just, her, yeah, her enthusiasm for everything that is going on, and and like like I said before, I I think if if you are open to it, it is very infectious. I think yeah. it is. Um, and and I, I I like the entrance of all of them. I love um. I love Graham Duff in his hat. <laughs> yeah, welcome aboard. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I love, I love, I, and I think they all do look really good in period costume. I think that. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, Jodie's the only one. The Doctor's the only one who doesn't surprisingly in this case, which is quite surprising because, of course, a couple of episodes before, she was rocking the the suits and everything, but yeah. this one, no, she's just decided no, I can. Blend in with my hope, no problem. See, I, I think I'm I'm quite a fan of the Doctor remaining in their costume is probably the wrong word, but their clothes, the, yeah. their regular look. Like I don't mind changing it up a bit every now and again because I think if you only do it sparingly, I think it is a bit like a treat when it then happens. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I'm a big fan of them essentially just going through a scene, going, "This is me." This is who I am, um, and just not changing for situations. But as as I talked about earlier, that's one of those things that that's what speaks to me about the Doctor. That's an important bit to me. Whereas other people are like, oh, I like Pertwee being in a different outfit every every episode. And yeah, I like that every Doctor's got a silhouette, sort of like a, you yes. go immediately. Um, I like it, as you say, it's like a treat. I mean, and the good thing about the doctor, or what should be about the doctor, is that they can blend in wherever. 
So obviously yeah. Collins are a bit of an exception because he just, <laughs> which is quite interesting because in Mark Adirani, of course, he doesn't rock up in a local, he just beats in his coat and nobody really says anything into his clothes. No. He's just crazy man who's got a multicoloured coat on. Um, so and yeah. Perry's uh, in that really weird yellow dress as well, isn't she in that one? So like she's already in that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's really strange, but I, I get, I, I agree. I'd rather like, be in the silhouette, but is it? It's yeah. just interesting that she's not in it. An outfit, but yeah. two episodes ago, does she appear? I don't. I think that's really tight. I don't think she appears in her outfit again after that. I think she's just. Uh, I think you're right. I don't think. She, I don't think she does. No, no there's obviously there's the prison outfit when oh there's the prison outfit and yeah. revolution of the Daleks and uh, of course she's got the very cleverly subtle the coats inside out when yes. it's said. Uh, Time and uh, flux, which yeah. I thought was quite clever. That you know, whatever your new costume, show that you're a different sort of doctor. But we're just going to turn your coat out. We're not going yeah. to do anything else. <laughs> so they go on this train, escaping this the guy shooting the, the laser bolts. And I'm assuming the train station was right beside. You had a train station or a train passing right beside the complex. You know, yeah. and they just jumped on the train line um, because they suddenly just appear on a train. Like, oh, okay. Although Jodie makes reference to it, doesn't she? She says, like, I told you, right on time. Aye, she, so they must, have, they must have just timed it, right? Yeah. I'll be in there five minutes. If something's wrong, I'll get them out and we'll go on the train. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, this guy shooting them is on the train as well. And they just look so cute together, like you said, when <laughs> Graham's doffing his hat and says, welcome. And they're just like, right, well, what's happening? Because you're a big fat liar, the doctor calls him, because... Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, where she realises who he is and she's so enthusiastic and is, oh, oh my God, absolute genius. Pity you're a liar. <laughs> I Which I thought was brilliant. And, and I think that's such a doctorish moment as well, just just to flip between the two. Because um, he's and, carrying the, the orb. Yeah. And, and I, think, I, I think there is a lot of talk about Jodie not having doctorish moments. And I think there is... At least another one in this episode. I I think she is absolutely the Doctor and stakes her her position as the Doctor in many times in many episodes. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't get this criticism where like people don't see her ever as a Doctor. It <laughs> certainly impressed me from the first episode she was in. I thought when she first appeared, that's the absolutely. Doctor. Yeah. There's a lovely moment between Yaz and Ryan because they obviously this guy with a gun, I keep saying the guy with a gun, but he's not really got a name, is he? He's just a no. guy shooting them. And they've got to move, and they have the moment where the train are moving, they have to jump between the two uh, carriages, and she says, you can do it, and they jump. There's just this lovely moment where she says, you can jump, and then he does it. And and, and I think that's, I, I think there's a lot of subtle characterization of some of the, um, of the companions, and I think that they're I think sometimes we bring more to it than is there, but I think there is also a lot more there than some people think. I think there is a lot of little moments like that that just build on who they are and and what their character is like. Yeah, I think I was speaking with somebody else in another Jodie episode about this, where it seems that Chibnall's went back to the classic series as opposed to, like, Russell T. Davies Moffat had, like, big story arcs and the companions are, are like, almost, like, obviously equal of the show yeah. to the Doctor and you find it all about their backstory and you follow them. Whereas 
with these companions, it's almost like the classic series where the Doctor is the main focus and you don't really find out. I mean, we see, we meet Yazzie's family and Ryan's pal and so on, but it's not given anywhere near the same sort of focus and people seem to have rejected that and went, I don't know anything about Yaz. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, you never really knew much about Joe even back in the day. Yeah. You know, no, but, exactly. So it seems to be that it's just a different way of doing it. And you know, yes. But yeah, yeah, you're right. There is these little moments that people forget. Yeah, and it, it, and it worked. It, it did really work for me, all, all three of them. I think there are times where they are underserved because there's three of them. Um, yeah. But I, I think, they, yeah. Um, but I think they all do have those moments that just really bring them to life. And I, yeah, I don't, I don't need to, like, it's nice when we see a little bit of backstory for them, but I don't need it. I don't, I, you know, I think there is enough with them that I'm happy to go along with with the ride with them. Yeah, I'm sort of on the fence with it. If I'm being honest, I, I, I would rather, I would like to have seen more of it, but I'm not really needing, for me anyway. Like it needed, didn't have to be like Rose or Martha was or no. But at the same time, I think because it is a more modern series, I don't think you can quite get away with just doing like what they did in the classic series because. I think the audience has totally changed and we want to know everything about everybody, it seems, on TV. Yeah, that is very true. Um, yeah. I love how the Doctor's way of getting rid of this guy is to do a sonic and just drop a, looks like the hatch or something, just falls on the guy's head. Yeah. Which is just so doctor Yeah, it is, isn't it? it? It It's just such a sort of almost Home Alone style bang, go yeah. on the head, run. <laughs> And she does this clever thing where, you know, because obviously he wakes up and she unrusks the the train carriage and then is able, he goes away and then he, he just goes into the carriage, opens his hood and it's just an average looking guy with red eyes. I just love yeah. the fact it's so like old fashioned. It's nothing, he's not got a, just simple, you know. Yeah, the, the one thing I did think, because at that point, um, Jodie's got the Silurian blaster, hasn't she? Yes. And I did wonder, oh, would it have been a bit more dynamic if she just shot the bolt, like, between them, rather than unscrew it, if she just used that blaster to blast? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, that might have been quite a good action beat to suddenly go with bang, or even if it looks like she's accidentally discharged it, and then it just separates. But so this guy's got the Silurian weapon, although... Well, Graham thinks it's Siberian or something. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the scuffer must have been there before or something. How did they get, I'm thinking, how did they get hold of that weapon? Unless, yeah. they, unless they bumped into, say, the Silurian ship from dinosaurs on a spaceship or something that was just floating around. Oh, and, yeah, I suppose they might have actually. Yeah. But I thought, yeah, how the hell did they get the weapon? Well, there is, the, there is then also the line um, a bit later on, I think it's fairly close to this, where um, uh, she says about them stealing alien tech, and it's like, well, are the Solarians aliens? I don't. They're not aliens. Um, no. <laughs> so it's kind of like I get that it's probably just shorthand. She's not going to go. Ah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're stealing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just thought, how the hell did did they get? Or was there another Silurian base? That uh, woke, woke up near New York and nobody knows and took the weapon. I, I don't Because, well, like, in Dinosaurs on a Spaceship, I'd, obviously by that point they are spacefaring. Um, yes, yeah. 
I guess we don't. Is this is going to sound so weird? I'm so sorry. Is um, is the spaceship that they're on in the same time stream as Brian, or is the spaceship in the past? Yeah. Um, oh God, I can't even remember. No, I can't, I can't remember. I'm sorry. I'd have to go back to that episode. Yeah. Um, I think it's. Was it? Did it not go away and then it came back or something? Or, 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 yeah, I, it, I it's been out for ages, hadn't it? Yeah, because yeah, no, I think it had left when obviously, like, they thought the moon was going to crash into the air. So I think yeah. they went out. So is, did it go around the solar system or something and then come back or something? Yeah, I think it must have because obviously that's the point of the dinosaurs, isn't it? They took them off the yes, earth yes. at that time period. So there's been a Silurian space since the dinosaur period, like since the Jurassic era. So we're fine. They can steal it off one of them. They can steal That's it fine. somewhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor, of course, tries to get the orb off him and say, look, you're in danger of carrying this thing. But he says, I'm not giving you it. So, so quite funnily, they all say, well, we're not going to let you out our sights. We're just going to follow you wherever <laughs> you go. Yeah. And there's I a bad solution. I think that's so fun. fun. Yeah. I just think that's such a doctorish thing to do. It's kind of like, all right, then, I'm going to stay with you. It's just such a... You'll have got off the train and went, all right, you're still following me, okay. Right, I'm going to the loo now. She wants to see this lab, doesn't she? She says, what about this lab then? And the shot down into New York is gorgeous, where like you just see Dutch Liberty and then it just pans down. Yeah. I think that location is is gorgeous i think that wherever it is if it is the one from um oh god my memory uh, that's yeah Mysterious. and they've done such a good job dressing it and making it look so authentically period well i say authentic i wasn't there i don't know but it looks to me authentic yeah i think it i've forgotten the year it's supposed to be it's, i think it's 190 so 1903 was it later than that can't remember good question Early 1900s, I think yes. it's 1903. And uh, these protesters are obviously outside saying AC is killing us and he's building weapons, tremors have been caused by him. <laughs> he's, he's, he gets the blame for all the accidents and strange happenings that are going on uh, in the local area. And then the doctor gets so excited, right, I'm going to see Tesla's lab, this is it. And it's just, well, a room with a chair in it, really. It's, oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's a proper visual representation of never meet your heroes, isn't it? It's like... Yeah. That's the, I was expecting more. I, can't, I thought that was a really funny line. It's just because I can't... Yeah. I'll be honest, I was expecting more. <laughs> and, yeah. But then she talks again about what he achieves and uh, how he's done... He was so ahead of his time. Yeah. And, like, because there's still... Um, I was talking to someone at work today about it. Like, there's still... I say conspiracy theories. I don't know if they're quite that, but like that he did create a renewable energy source and he had the the, the, the sort of um, the technology to do that and worked it out, but it's all been suppressed. So like even even now that that sort of thing is still very much in the zeitgeist of those the the people that follow those sorts of things. Yeah, I've not I've not had that, but obviously the death rate that he mentions later on. Apparently, like he wrote a paper about it, and, and 
it sounded to me reading it that just I didn't read the paper, just to clarify, I read just something on Wikipedia. I didn't read the actual scientific paper. And <laughs> I would have still been reading it now, probably. But um, it, it sounded more like a laser that he was yeah. trying to invent, really. Because he was talking about, like, after a certain distance, its effect will dissipate. And all that. I thought, is he literally just describing a laser here? Yeah, it definitely sounds, doesn't it? Because I think he was trying to uh, then put open to if military use wants to buy the patent and build it, that's up to yeah. them. So you never know. You we might have been an alternate uh, world had laser weapons invented in 1903 with Nikola Tesla invented it. Oh, it it would have genuinely been like um, uh, Empress of Mars, then, wouldn't it? That sort of yeah. <laughs> would have spun off into that. So the doctor tells us about this orb is the orb of Fasor, which is the Fasor were a race that uh, shared, wanted to share their knowledge because they were dying out. And so they put all their knowledge into this orb thing and sent them out so that people could learn from what they learned. But it's been ta- hacked. Somebody's taken over and used it for something else. And it's obviously, as they later find out, to track down Nikola Tesla. And the doctor and him have a lovely sort of moment, inventor to inventor, when he looks at Sonic and is like, what, what's that? And she said, I made it from spoons. Which she did. Which, is, which she did. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, she added a couple of things onto it, right? But uh, yeah. yeah. And they talk about inventor to inventor, what it's like being different and being outside the box. Yeah. And, and, and that, I think, is the heart of what a lot of people take from Doctor Who, is that feeling of... Yeah. Of that you are slightly outside of the box. Absolutely, and that's how we're pulled towards the Doctor because they're exactly the same. Yeah, absolutely. The spider that is just having the time of their life, really. Yeah. (laughs) He finds out, Tesla, that the funding's been pulled by Mr Morgan, so he needs this funding to complete Wardenclyffe. But he opens the envelope, and unfortunately, the guy's pulled it. He's not going to do it. And then and a very naughty employee of Thomas Edison, Mr. Paul Casey, <laughs> takes a photo outside and they're like, that's Thomas Edison. Or no, oh, it's Mr. Green, his name is, isn't it? The employee. Yeah. So they split up at this point. So the Dr. Ryan and Graham go to see Edison whilst Yaz stays behind with Tesla. And so you get this scene with Yaz and Tesla where it's the first one where all the regulars in this story get like a scene I noticed with one of the supporting characters so you've yeah. got Yaz and Tesla have a scene you've got Ryan has two scenes I think with uh, Dorothy where yeah. they compare it's almost like they're comparing notes with the, <laughs> the guest cast almost yeah. and then of course you have the Doctor and Tesla having a couple at the moment near the end where well there's quite yeah. a few moments near the end and then there's uh, Graham gets a lot of time with Edison with Edison yeah telling yeah. him all about why you know <laughs> And they have the American British sort of yeah. clash, but yeah, but Liza and Tesla have this little scene um, where she just sort of says radar. Yeah, and it's like radar, and she's like, "It's only a theory." <laughs> <laughs> and then and that's basically what he's saying. Is that the bit where he starts talking about his exploring ray? Is yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> which so much of his stuff is so well named. Like exploring way, I love it. Sounds like sounds like a Flash Gordon, like yeah. There's a te- the Tesla scope as well, isn't it? Later on, yes, 
Yeah. I noticed that when I look on Wikipedia, if there's the wee thing, most of these inventions had Tesla in the title, so like the Tesla scope, the Tesla <laughs> coil, the, you know. It's... Oh, he, he was the blooming Alan Sugar of his day, just sticking <laughs> his name on everything. I suspect he wasn't as much of a prick as Alan Sugar, but that's a totally <laughs> other uh, You're right. <laughs> <laughs> So the others go and meet Thomas Edison. So this is where we see uh, Robert Glenister. Uh, I got that right, you know? Yeah. That is Robert Glenister, yeah. Um, and I think he's really, really good. Oh, he is. He's such a slimy bastard in this, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, this guy literally just exploits people, really. He gives them a job and then, well, anything you invent, I'll get the credit. And I'll give you tuppence to yeah. love it, basically. I mean... Yeah. It's such a shame. I think there is a lot more parallels to be drawn there between him and the Skipper, because they're both existing on yeah. other people's tech. That's true, actually, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, but, yeah, why didn't they do that? Yeah, they should have done <laughs> that. That would have been a good idea. Yeah, because like, they, they're both doing essentially the same thing, taking stuff from other people and going, ah, oh, it's mine now. I'd never thought that before. You've got some great ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the script writer? Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, putting in like in lights. I don't know whether that was true. Where he put up in lights, Edison brings light. Oh, I, said, I mean, come on. I'm pretty sure he did. Like there was all sorts of stuff that went on, like in the electricity wars, like between. But like, I don't know if you ever see. I think it was in an episode of QI. There was one they electrocuted an elephant. Um, what? That, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was uh, there was an elephant that. Um, it was like, I think it was like Coney Island or somewhere like that that had elephants on display. And it had, um, like I think it had killed three people. Um, so they decided, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like one of them had given it a lit cigarette to eat. So I think fair enough. Yeah. So I think if you're doing that to an elephant, you deserve to get trampled by it, quite frankly. Um, but um, so they decided that it was going to be put to death and they uh, electrocuted it. Um, to to show the dangers, I think of um, of AC of alternating current. Yeah, the one that Tesla's. Invented. Yeah, because yeah, he's got DC and he's saying it's safe and all the rest of it, and exactly. it's dangerous. Yeah. And... Wow. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy stuff went on back then. The lab is really impressive though, um, and I've, I had, it, it looks very much like there's there's a picture on Wikipedia as well with the actual lab, and they've obviously looked at that because it looks exactly the same. They've managed oh, to build a set, which is totally very much like the picture. And it's that sort of attention to detail that, like, in, in episodes like this and in episodes like Rosa that really draw you into the story because it looks so yeah. authentic that it just properly draws you into that world. Yeah, you believe you're there. Yeah, absolutely. I love uh, Graham's line because, of course, they're talking to Edison about, like, well, yeah, the guy knows you're on Nikola Tesla. And he thinks you're trying to kill him. What's what's the script? And he's and he's talking about uh, Tesla, and he says, uh, "Tesla, what dapper dude, looking like he's going to go to the opera." <laughs> so I think he must have said before that something about his dress sense or something. I can't quite remember what he said, but just that line. Yeah. Me. <laughs> and there's a quite a wooden actor I thought in the lab because he just sort of goes, "The coil goes in separately." I know. What, why is that line even there? The, the line doesn't even need to be there. <laughs> and he's awful at it. 
Aye, it, it, it's it's he's like a cardboard cutout, just sort of going. Yeah. Uh, go goes. He's speaking like a robot. Yeah, he really is. But, yeah, absolutely. But he gets killed in thirty seconds later because this scary yeah. dude comes back and kills him off. Yeah, that's right. And the doctor, when they realise the scary dude's here and that they need to get out, what have you got? What have you got? We've got zinc. We've got, and then oh, a bit of green stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and and the, when when the, the scary dude is there. Um, it's when it's it's the other bit that I was talking about earlier, where it's like it's such a doctor moment. The first thing she does is say, "Get behind me!" Like the first yes. thing, she does, get everyone behind her. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I love that moment. I wonder why she uses because uh, I'm no big. I can't remember much of my chemistry background from school, but she uses zinc to obviously like create a and sets it alight. So yeah. all I know is that I'm assuming she just used zinc because it's it's like it goes alight. Immediately, I mean, it's quite a flammable. Uh, I, I, I get I, the the only thing I remember burning in in science was like magnesium burns ridiculously. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's the one that I remember. But zinc zinc similar. Let's say it does the same thing. <laughs> yeah, and you see this scary guy turn. You see a coil of scorpion to obviously give you the idea. Oh, what's its true form? Oh, and the doctor pretty much says, "Oh shit, look at look at this." <laughs> And the warped face is really scary, where it, it tries yeah. to show its true form and then it disappears. And then we get that, and I think, again, really well acted scene where Edison sees everyone dead. Yes. And, and he's angry. He's like, I had, I had lunch with him. I need to tell his wife. And I think that is a small moment of humanity for that character because it shows that even though he's ripping people off and taking stuff, he still cares about the people to a certain degree. Yeah, I mean, I had, I'm trying to remember what I read about him, but wasn't he, I might be talk, talking complete rubbish here, but wasn't he, like, involved in a lot of charity or, like... Yes. ...work with, you know, like, doing good deeds for the community and, yeah. and all that? So I don't think he was totally... Just no. morally, perhaps, he was wrong, but I don't think he yeah. was actually a bad guy. He wasn't a criminal, no. you know, as such, no. but... Just morally, yeah, he was yeah. Ex- totally exploiting uh, <laughs> these workers, but probably everyone was. I'm yeah, sure back in the day. Um, yeah, although it has much changed now. <laughs> that is, yeah. In fact, you know what? That is very true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, just look at uh, Musk now, or whatever his oh. name is. Yeah, he's probably exploiting everybody. Um, Edison's. I love it when, like, obviously they go into the TARDIS, they go to the TARDIS, and he's nebbing at the TARDIS, and he's snooping about, and he's like, because he's just what he sees money signs in his head, and, yeah. and Graham's just like, it's no, it's patent doctor. Yeah, that's a patent her. That's such a good one. That's so good. And, and there's a lovely scene. That, I think this is the same bit where between Ryan and Mrs. Skerritt, where. They're talking about the parallels of being taken into an exciting world. So she's like, you know, I had quite a mundane life, and then I met Mr. Tesla and got into this mad sort of crazy world. And then he says exactly the same thing. He's like, you know, my life was, you know, I was working, but I can't remember what is it, Ryan was a mechanic or something. Yes, yes, he was, wasn't he? And uh, then he met the doctor, and then of course his world completely changed overnight. And she says something like, uh, you know, well, you seem to handle it quite well. <laughs> you seem to take it in your stride. But I think there's also some, I think they're beginning, even at that point, to seed in Ryan's potential 
leaving come the end of the series. I think they yeah. know that's the end point. And I think sort of reminiscing about starting the the, the adventure, I think, is be the beginning of the close of the adventure. Yeah, and then later on, of course, then can you hear me? And he sees his pal again and he feels that he needs to go back because obviously exactly. he beats him and all that. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. cleverly subtly sort of weaved in. Yeah. It's the season. Um, and I forgot where I was. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Slags off the UK. So yes. He has the nerve to say to Graham about, you know, that's a British accent. Well, if there's a country that didn't know how to do business, it's the UK. <laughs> Again, quite ironic for now when yeah. they've decided to just cut Not everyone off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, could, we could go off on one for a while there. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I put it at this point in his depot, but I'm trying to think what that is. Um, so, we, oh, yeah, we find out the orc was hacked to find Tesla, so they know they need to go to Wardenclyffe and read, read out. So they go to Wardenclyffe. So what, why have they put depot? But I guess it's a depot. <laughs> Wardenclyffe, and they see the readout because as if they find out that that's the whole story with Tesla sending a signal out to Mars and people of course thought, are you mad? You're sending a signal out to Mars? What are you talking about? Although apparently he did genuinely believe that. Apparently he did genuinely yeah. think there was life on Mars. So again it is just, this guy is fascinating. Just, you don't need to embellish anything about him. Although it did turn out that um, was that still to come? Or have we been past that? No, the bit where um. Edison is talking about the story about how he knows Tesla and offering him the money to fix his generators. Oh, yes, uh, yes. By all accounts, that probably didn't happen. I think it is, no. yeah. <laughs> I say no, it's, a great, I it it's a great motivation for the, for the, for the episode. But, um, yeah, like, like I said, like, this guy's interesting enough. You don't need to make up anything about it. Definitely not. <laughs> so Yaz and Tesla were... Obviously, like finding out about the orb just to go back a bit, but of course, uh, they guys came in the room, the red eyed guys again, and said, uh, and they think they're after the orb, but actually, they're not after the orb, they're after Tesla. And so, Yaz and Tesla have been taken onto this ship, the Queen of the Skiffra ship, and we find out that she's been stealing all the parts. She was the one that stole all the parts from his factory, and she wants him to help build weapons and repair the ship because he's an engineer. I love the fact that this is the only Doctor Who could have a Mars signal intercepted by a scorpion. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And although um, well, I think this is the start of where we just get the close-ups of the Skithra Queen. Um, and, and I think it does the character a disservice because I think there are definitely parallels you can draw between uh, her performance and the Rachnos in... Oh. Um, the runaway bride um and i actually think probably um angelina mahindra is doing a slightly more subtle performance than the Ragnar. <laughs> but because it's close up on her face all the time every movement looks so exaggerated that i think the entire thing just makes it look five times as big as the Ragnar was i think if you had a few mid shots all mm. of that going on on her face would be less egregious 
It's a very valid point. I, I like the movement she gives it. And when you see the bit later on where she's walking around the doctor. Oh, like, yeah. Like an animal. But yeah, I, I, take, I, I agree that, yeah, we could have done the more sort of mid and long shots just to show the whole thing. Because, yeah, yeah this, in, on the ship, we're just getting close up, really, the eyes. Yeah. And to, to be honest, it, it gives it a service to the costume as well, because you've done all that work for the costume, but we hardly see any of it. Yeah, exactly. There was, a, there was an Eagle Moss figure of it, you know, the little um, yeah. die-cast figures they did. And it's kind of like, there's stuff on there that obviously, like, I had no clue ever existed. Like, not that I don't, I don't collect them. I sell them in the shop that I work in. But, um, like... There, there, there is stuff on there that is like kind of like it's such a nicely designed costume and we just don't see it yeah it's, it's a real shame um but i do think she gets like her playing an animal right and you're right she is definitely less i love that acnos being over the top but yeah this one is much more subtle a performance in terms yeah. of animalistic yes <laughs> instead of screaming at the top of your voice you know <laughs> doctor man and all that <laughs> And then the doctor turns up, so she realizes that. Um, well, first of all, Tesla realizes that his experiment worked because he's like the doctor appears because she finds out where they are, goes up, talks about oh there's a Braxian bouncer, which is a big thing for later in the episode. Braxian bouncer Mark III, which she finds just a throwaway line, but that gets important later. Yeah. And then he finds out about oh because we had to set the signal, and she's like, did you do that? I didn't realise it would work. <laughs> There's no idea that obviously it was picked up and the, the skippers obviously went, right, oh, we've got, there must be an intelligent guy doing there that's picked up a signal. It must mean he's, he's good enough for us. And then she kills one of her own. That yeah. guy just pipes up and goes, we need an engineer. And then she kills him. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, she is like, she's vicious. <laughs> and I yeah. think... I think that's a love like it's always a lovely way to show it. Kill kill one of your henchmen. It's a, yeah. it's a very bond thing to do. What was a bit it, it's not its fault the story, but the last story I watched uh, for uh, for another episode was Kill the Moon. And so I've watched this after Kill the Moon and I thought it's exactly the same spiders. The spiders yeah. and the scorp the little scorpions look exactly the same. Yes. It's different later on when we see them. In the streets later on, they look absolutely huge, and yeah, you know, but man, it did look like they had taken the thing from Killed Moon, the V template, and then just, just like just add another sort of leg on it. I'm sure they didn't, and they started from scratch, but it just looks exactly the same to me. Then I think I think that's another thing of the way it's shot in that in that scene because you've got the close-ups of her face. You've got it doesn't set the scene. It doesn't let you know how big those scorpion beings are yeah. because you have no sense of space within that scene yeah i mean i must admit it was a real shock when later in the episode you see them going to the, to the earth and then they're up to like the size of a room yeah he's huge get that sense when it pans up and you see them all in the ceiling it just looks like oh they're just little spidery things. yeah they're actually bigger than her yeah they, they are they're like and they are to a certain they are quite Ragnos sized yeah yeah it's a great escape uh, with the oh. so to get off you know she's going to use that thing to get them off the ship and she uses a camera and says yeah. do you know what this is what's oh, a camera and blinds <laughs> that's very doctor as well 
Oh yeah, I love, and 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 I think that's one of those scenes where her and Yaz work really well together. Like she doesn't need to tell Yaz like what the plan is. Yaz just sort of cottons on and follows her and knows what to do. And I think it shows the the, the bond between them quite well. Yeah, by this point, so it's a season in three or four episodes, but there's, there's a shorthand now. They know how each other ticks and what they're yeah. doing and all that. There's, 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 so, yeah, it, I, you wouldn't have seen that, that happen, obviously, in the first two episodes. I don't know who they are. Yes. You know, but um, we go back to Wardenclyffe and everyone reconvenes with Tesla and he's got, like, what the hell is bloody Edison doing here in my lab? <laughs> And his reaction when he goes into TARDIS, oh. uh, the wonder in his face, and it's so genius that what they get him to say is, he knows immediately what, he, he's not saying, how do you do that, like Edison is. He's saying, oh, the internal dimensions are bigger than the outside. Yeah. Spot on. He yeah, knows. absolutely. Absolutely. It's just, it, it is the most Tesla way of saying it's bigger on the inside, which is lovely. Yeah. So it's for a queen, the, the intercept, they use the, she uses a little contraption that she builds on the on the TARDIS with the orb to try and contact the queen and says, look, basically get lost because you're not having Tesla, you know, go away. But the queen says that if you give us Tesla or I'm going to destroy the planet. And Tesla reacts just like, I, you can't do that. You know, you, you can't risk me for the whole planet and she, he goes, he runs out. And because yeah, he can't, yeah. he's, and again, there's another scene where the, he's outside just looking out to the tower and talks about, I was so close, I got this tower done, but I'm not going to achieve it. But now these creatures saying that they want me instead, of, no, no, what is happening here? I'm no. And the doctor just says, you change the world, but first you have to save it. It's a lovely line. It's, it's 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 lovely, and I think that there there is there is very Doctor-ish elements of Tesla, like the whole. Well, it's fine. Yeah, I'll just go and I'll sort it out then. Like you can you can have me save the Earth. You know that's that's a very Doctor-ish thing to do. So I think drawing on those elements and sort of bringing them to the fore, I think, is a really nice shorthand for who Tesla was. Or who I, I think he had there's there's some controversy about Tesla, but yeah. um, I think the controversy is more and I I don't I I can't begin to talk for where he actually came from because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm but I think it came much more from a scientific you could do this way because he was he 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 said some things about eugenics and stuff like that. And okay. I think it came very much more from a scientific theory point of view than a humanitarian point of view. And I think he was almost, from what I've read, it, I think it would be a plausible um, thing to say that it was sort of like a thought experiment that he was running and like... Okay. Like you could do this, you could do that, um, but I don't. I don't know enough to say for sure whether he was a good guy or not. But um... you often find with, with with all these historical characters, isn't it? The, the truth is somewhere in the middle, really, isn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. 
absolutely yeah, yeah. you know and and that's the i'm sure he had some views that were well we know he had views that were controversial but i suspect he wasn't lighter he wasn't you know squeaky clean either i'm sure no, that, absolutely like human beings. yeah and and you you have to accept that people are a product of the time they were mm -hmm. living in yeah definitely um he then goes on to explain how Wardenclyffe works. So he's like, right, okay, let's do it. And he's putting the, the, the well, I'm doing it, but for the purpose of the listeners, I'm kind of just drawing circles, but that's what he's doing. He's drawing the circle around the, um, yeah. the tower and he's explaining, right, well, this is how it works. And the doctor realizes, well, wait a minute, we could use this and generate a bolt of lightning to just sack the ship. And then Edison pipes in and says, are, are you crazy? You know, this is a mad idea. Um, and then you have the standoff, don't you, between the two of them and their philosophies? Because yeah. he's saying, of course, um, well, I'm a man of ideas, you're a man of parts. You, you just nick people's ideas. And, and he's saying, well, no, I, I make them happen. You could have all the ideas in the world, but I actually make them happen. So my factory is the best idea that either of us two had. And they have a better clash of it. And then the brilliant line, of course, is Graham Button in and saying, Oi, ACDC. It's Which so good. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm sure that must have been one of the first things they thought about going like, Cat, how, where can we get this joke in? Because it's yeah. such a good joke. The Doctor of Tesla therefore worked it on the tower. So they, she manages to extend the TARDIS shield so that it's beyond the tower. So they can work on the tower. While Edison and Yaz go out to try and clear the streets. But yeah. What a job to give them, you know, like, well, just yeah. clear the streets nearby. All right. <laughs> and, 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 oh, sorry. No, no, kind of. I, I think it's I think it's another really good bit of writing that no one takes any notice of Yaz. When she's trying to clear the streets, no one takes any notice of her because I think historically probably people wouldn't have listened to someone like Yaz at that time. It takes yeah. Edison being um the man i'm a famous important man to be the one that actually gets them to uh to listen and even then he does it by having a go at tesla so yeah he's saying that you know the madman's about to <laughs> let his tower off and there's going to be it's going to light up the sky and cause all sorts of horrible things so you better go inside <laughs> and then we get the amazing music like that i was talking oh, about yes. yeah i mean Dorothy Graham and Ryan staying trying to defend them, trying to defend themselves. And I like how Dorothy's idea of that is just I'll just board up the windows because that will keep me. <laughs> okay. And there's a there's a lovely idea from the director where it's like a piece of paper and it burns through the paper. You see the burn through the paper and yeah. what's going on. Which um and that moment between Graham and uh, Ryan when they're looking through all the inventions, they're like, what's this? A coil? Nah, that's not gonna help. Nah, that's not gonna help. Prototype death ray. <laughs> yes. And yeah. They're all excited about it. Oh, it's like it's like it's like the laser shoes all over again from Spyfall. Yes. <laughs> yes, very much so. <laughs> that kid though, so there's that kid in the street that um the one of the I just have to say it again, you red-eyed man. Yeah. Who, who is the guy? Is he got my name? Um and he's like, Where's Tesla? And the boy points to the tower and then he's about to kill him and Jazz like scares them off, but then this kid then sees these giant scorpion creatures going up the street. He then sees oh, yeah. like, like that kid must have been traumatized. Oh, absolutely. 
I mean, luckily, he's got the First and Second World War to look forward to. So he's, <laughs> <laughs> so he's yeah, going to have I a mean, lovely life. He was a, jeez, I mean, that kid, I mean, he sees aliens and everything. And like, I think the last you see him is he's cowering behind a, a box or something. Or, in, or does yes. he go into the shop? And I can't quite remember. You know, like, but what's scary about the scorpions is they're not just they're so big, but they're fighting each other to kind of, the bit where they're fighting with each other before yeah. you follow them. And so I like, like uh, sort of slightly unsteady on their feet. Like they're running, but they run too fast and trip over. And they're not, they, you know, they're aliens. They're not used to Earth's gravity running in, in, in that form and stuff like that. And I think, and there's a really nice bit where, um, I think, is it one, is it after they crash into each other? But there's one that like, or is it after one gets killed? I, I think one gets killed, or so, but it's just lying on the side. And one of its legs is just doing a little twitch. And it just looks yeah. so... They look very alive. Yeah. Very alive. Um, Edison then sees, like, this... We've got all these things in the, to try and defend ourselves. And Edison's like, how the hell is that all going to work? You know, sort of... <laughs> and uh, Graham just says, don't worry, it's not our first rodeo. We know what yeah. we're doing. We've, we've, we've defended things before. We're, we're all right. <laughs> And, and that's when Ryan's like, we've never been to a rodeo. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, doesn't he, you're not helping. You're not yeah. helping. <laughs> so the shield is keeping out that by this point, all the Skiffra are trying to get in, but the, the barrier that the Tardis has put up is stopping them getting in. So they're just screeching against the, the barrier. And um, But she says that she has to turn it off to charge up the tower but of course that means for 30 seconds the TARDIS shield will go off and they've just got to fend for themselves it's a bit like uh, you see in all the movies like uh, where like you just stay here and, and sort it all out while well, we'll do the next but I'm trying to think of the film where that, there's a funny bit of film where that's like that I can't even think what it is um, oh boy, that's going to bug me <laughs> it's Carry On Spying oh yeah where Charles Hawtrey uh, like they're trying to get rid of the formula, and then Charles, they say to Charles Hawks, right? They, they're oh, coming, yeah. and they're like, yes. right, here's a minute while we eat the formula and have yes. the You just keep them here for a minute. What do I do? And then he ends up writing a, a letter to his mother or something. Yes, he does, doesn't he? And, and then they go, there he is, get him. And he's like, I've got a gun. And then he ends up dropping his truth. <laughs> yeah. That's what it reminded me. Yeah, no, so I this, can totally see that. <laughs> so this shield goes off, and then of course they're all in like, but they're not really attacking, and they're like, why is she, why are they not attacking? And then she realises that the Skipper Queen must not be on the ship. Oh. So, she suddenly appears, and then, right, but Graham's got the stun gun, the, the death ray, <laughs> and then it doesn't work. Which is no. just, <laughs> it just makes this sort of, sort of noise, and it's just <laughs> useless. Yeah. It's just such a, it, it, it's a thing with Brian and guns just doesn't work well together. He, he likes having a go, but it never never ends well. But yeah, so yeah, Brian and guns not good. <laughs> <laughs> so the skipper queen confronts the doctor. So this is the standoff that, between the villain and the doctor, and she tries to take the bouncer, but it's taken from her and given to the queen. But of course, they're having this chat about. Um, she's talking about that. Because you take 
all these parts and things from other races, then nobody's going to remember you after you're dead. You're, you, it'll be like you didn't exist. Yeah. And then there's a moment where she, the Skipper Queen talks about, have you ever seen a dead planet? And there's just a beat where she reacts, obviously, because of Gallifrey, she, she just cuts her face for a second. Yeah. Um, because, and of course, just... uh, as we found out by this point, Gallifrey is burning again. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's dead for about the third time, I think, yeah. if I'm right. Because um, oh, it was then, obviously... then, then she has that line like, I've seen more than you can imagine. And it's just yeah. such a nice note of, yep, the Doctor has seen many. Like, and um, is it, no, it's the week before. Was it technically the week before in Orphan 33? Yes, it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, but always. Obviously, the time more. I've not read the books, but I've heard that, that there's the, in like there's a series of eight Doctor books where it gets yeah, destroyed it, and comes back. It does, to it, and, yes, <laughs> yeah, in the BBC ones, yeah, yeah. God knows what's going to. I'm related to see what Brussels does with that because God knows what happens with. But Gallifrey's <laughs> now sort of dead with Cybermen on it. Well, no, they they all got killed and yeah, but the mass yeah, there's, got out and, there's just nothing yeah. left on Gallifrey now, is there? Yeah. So the, there's that little beat, and of course the Queen's got the, the thing in the hand, but that was all a trick to put her back on the ship. I think that's such a, such a neat twist on how they escaped the first time, and and the Skitter Queen even like hangs a lampshade on it by saying, "You thought you could trick me with the same thing again?" It's kind of like, "No, I just wanted you to hold it," and then yeah. back up to the ship. So she Sonic's a bouncer, she's back on the ship, and the other ones follow. I mean, they must obviously follow their queen everywhere because they didn't stay there, they just decided, oh, well, she's not here, right? We better just quit. <laughs> and Tesla activates the tower. So you then get this, as you see, this big crescendo of music, and um, the, the light as it comes out, the TARDIS, there's like a, you see the charge go through these sort of big wires from the TARDIS. And he's just fascinated looking at them, just like, oh my God, there's my electricity going through the, the TARDIS. And obviously zaps the ship. And I think, I, I, don't, I don't know if it is a conscious quote or not, but it reminded me a lot of, um, there's a ITV version of Quatermass that um, John Mills is in. And it reminded me of the end of that because the whole point of that is we can't destroy the aliens we can only sting them enough to make them run away and it felt very much like that sort of thing they did the big the the, the big electricity to them and it didn't destroy them it just literally made them run because you'd stung them so hard and i, I doubt it is like a conscious reference but that's it very much put me in mind of the end of that quite a mass yeah because she's yeah because all she's done is like just giving them a slap do we yes yeah, <laughs> is it yeah. running yeah i was thinking you know she clears off, but couldn't she just come back? Couldn't she just go, oh, God, that hurt? Or the electrifying ship, but let's see if they can do it again. Yeah, I don't know come if back. they... When there's that shot of her getting on the ship, she's sort of, like, moving and cowering, and there's electricity sort of flowing through her. I don't know yeah. if it's to sort of indicate that maybe she's going to be particularly damaged by it or something like that. Yeah. But but it's not the first Doctor Who and it's not the last where literally we just get them to clear off and then they never try again. Some of them yeah. do try again, but in this case, she's not tried again since she's 
<laughs> what, what, they, what they needed was uh, they needed a torchwood to just blow it up as it was retreating. <laughs> <laughs> All it needed was uh, Angel Mahindra's story to come true that, you know, like the, she's an outcast from the Skipra race, but then yeah. we actually meet more Skipra later. Or yeah. Her yeah. big um, sister could take her home. Yeah. <laughs> The next day, Edison admits how impressed he was and asked Tesla to work for him again. But he Ooh. turns it down. Can I just go back one second? Because there's something <laughs> I just want to mention. I absolutely love um, the TARDIS when it's got the blue light going through it. Oh, yes. I think it looks so nice. Like, I wish it had been blue all the time. I think it looks so much better in blue than in the yellow. Are you a fan of Geordie's TARDIS? Ah, well... So, <laughs> um, I like it, but only because of something I've sort of made up in my head, which I think is intended, okay. but isn't on screen, which is, I kind of think, you know, at the end of the Ghost Monument, she calls the TARDIS back using the sonic. Mm -hmm. I think at that point, the TARDIS sort of goes, oh, that's what this technology of the Sonic looks like now. I'm going to mirror that in the console room then. So ah, it's sort okay. of like, I feel like it, it's the TARDIS moulding itself to look like the Sonic that the Doctor has made. So I like it on that level, but there's nothing on screen to actually say that's what's going on. They just look so similar that, you know, it, it looks a bit, as my friend said, it looked quite, designed like it's just oh it's the same designer did both of them um and i think it's too dark and i don't think the yellow works like i say in the blue i think it looks so much better i like it when it's uh, is it can you hear me again when it goes i think it's, is it more purplish color or something like, yes yes it is and obviously it works as well it, it lights go doing when swarms taking over and yeah stuff's happening to it yeah um i like i I don't think in obviously it got the full thing. It just looks like giant penises and yes, yeah. with it. It's just like a giant. I remember seeing that at the end of the first episode. The woman who felt earth and thinking, "Oh my god, what have they done to the <laughs> to the, to the, the column?" Because the column just looks like a giant thing oh. just right raising up and down. Really? Oh, yeah, that, that helps nothing. And I, but I do think they obviously changed, they did change it for series twelve. I'm assuming they must have read some of the criticism and, or something or thought. Yeah, maybe we should subtly just tweak it here. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's, it's, now it's got these bits that go like that at the top to make it look yes. less intrusive. But, um, but yeah, the lighting looks beautiful when it's charging up and the, the light comes through the, the TARDIS. Yeah, I, I think it pro it's not my least favourite of all the new series TARDISes, but it's not near the top either. Is it um, uh, Matt Smith's one by any chance? Yes, that would be, that would be the yeah. bottom. Yeah, it's a strange one, isn't it? It's uh, Yeah understand quite what it's trying to be well i think and i don't know if it's that sort of thing of having knowledge outside of the show because they built it where the torchwood hub was didn't they that's the yes. set with and it almost felt like oh we've got the torchwood hub so we can do multiple levels now and i the only thing i've ever seen where i think levels like that work is there is a piece of concept art for the tv movie that has the doors underneath like a big balcony that above it goes in front of where the doors would be if that makes sense yeah and, i've seen this yeah 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 and i think that's really nice because it's 
that properly gives you that feeling of well that's nothing like the outside like there's obviously nothing about so i really like that idea but i'm not a huge fan of the tardis on multiple levels um like that i like it when you've got you come in and um like there's a bit below like tenants was where you've got all the workings and stuff below but that the, the bit of having the the console up at a weird angle to where the doors were in a matt smith's tardis is yeah i was just very odd and like you say it it didn't make any sense and it looked very red and odd and yeah wasn't yeah, I, capaldi's my favorite one because it's it just because it just looks like i mean I'm not a big as big a fan of. I get the whole the TARDIS is alive and but I'd rather it looks like a machine. Yes. Sort of, but but you can sense that there's. I mean, the Capaldi one I think gets the balance right because you can believe there's a intelligence in there, but it looks like a machine. Yeah. Like the, the whole thing where like I think there's one episode where the the the, the handle goes itself, or maybe that's Matt's one. I can't remember. But having as you say, like the TARDIS on one level, um, and it, it's the same thing. There's there's the balcony around the top. Yes. And I think that's what that works fine. Because yeah. I think you've got to have the consulate, as you say, at the same level as the, the door. Yeah, I think so. But, yeah, I mean, that's just personal preference. But, no, yeah, <laughs> but, but no, that's, yeah, that's what I like as well. So um... The next day, Edison admits how impressed he was and asked Tesla to work for him, but he turns it down. Um, I don't think that happened in real life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, anyway. I suspect he probably never asked him again because he just sort of went, Ken and Edison, I would have thought he would have just went, well, sort you then. Yeah. You try and make, do your own thing and then you'll see what happens. Because he probably knew that he was going to find it very hard to get funding and, and, and all the rest of it. Yeah. But they do have sort of mutual respect at the end, which I'd like to think a new life was there as well. But I, well, Yeah, I think, because I, I think we'd always like to think that in the end, people give other people a chance and sort of don't just spend their life hating someone for something that happened. I, it's nice that people can move on from that. True. And they're often that say goodbye to Dorothy. So Dorothy <laughs> has this other little moment with, with Ryan where she just sort of goes, no day's normal with, Mr. with Nikola Tesla, but she says nothing normal would be boring, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And yes, it would. <laughs> <laughs> And then you have obviously the, the last part where we see Tesla and the doctor's just told Jazz that because she's like, well, I mean, he'll, he'll get his funding now. He'll, everyone must have seen what he did there. You know, it'll change the world. He'll, he'll get his funding. He can be famous. And she says, no. And it reminded me a lot at the end of um, Vincent and the Doctor. Yeah. Where literally, yeah, 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 what we've done good, but it doesn't change anything. He's going to, he's going to invent all these things, but and that's the truth. He, he was penniless. He was yeah. going to hotels and everything and boarding houses and then leaving without paying his bill <laughs> and going to the next place because he was penniless. That, that feels a bit like an ongoing theme in the new series of Who, certainly, because you get the same thing with um, Dickens as well, don't you? You get him getting the whole new lease of life, but he's going to be dead within a year. And is there is a sort of storytelling convention of visiting these characters and seeing how great they are just before they, or not just before, but before they die, not knowing how great they are. And I think that's a it's a it's, it's a lovely thing to do. 
actually. I think I it's a nightmare. It is, yeah. I mean, it is. It's pretty sad when you think about that all these famous people were famous after they're dead, when they were alive, they yes. had a clue how, how big they were, you know. They were, yeah. I mean, in some cases, like Vincent Van Gogh, he thought that, you know, he never realised, he probably thought he was a failure. Well, he did, he thought he was a failure. My paintings are doing nothing. Everyone says I'm mad. And then after he dies, everyone's buying his paintings. And nowadays, you know, they're going for millions and millions and yeah. and all that. It's And he's exactly the same. Just yeah. I know there was... How much did you know about Tesla before watching the... the I, I basically knew uh, he's, he's the guy um, who the car's named after. Um, yeah. And... Uh, David Bowie played him in The Prestige. Um, so that's basically... True. <laughs> yeah. That that was my some knowledge of Tesla before this episode. Um, oh, no, I knew uh, the Tesla coils are a thing, aren't they? The um, big... Yeah, I'd I done physics at high school, and I remember, I seem to remember, like, I'm talking about Tesla, but I, would, I didn't remember much about it. I was, yeah. I do remember a Tesla coil. Like, yeah, is that named after him then? Like, obviously, it is. <laughs> I, I, I think it is. I, I could be wrong, but I think, I, it, I think is. It, it must be. I think it is yeah. a thing. I, I, think it, I think it is. Um, no Tesla Defri, of course, out there. So, maybe one, maybe one day. Maybe one day. So, Jazz finds out that obviously he's, he's not going to fulfill the, in his lifetime what he. What, he was searching for, as it were. He doesn't realise that he doesn't, it'll come after he's dead. And she obviously says along the lines of, you know, that's such a shame, that's no fair. And just like, well, that's that's life. And then he appears, of course, at the end and says this lovely thing to the doctor about the TARDIS. He says, I've never seen a machine like it in my life. And she says to him, well, forget about that. You've got your own inventions to, to make. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. And I will, you know, make... X, Y, Z. And the famous last line, of course, is, I want the future, and the future is mine. Yeah. Which is just a lovely, lovely bit of writing. And he and, does. Yeah. And, and like, the, the fact that the fact is that we are, we're still talking about him now. So, we, we, you know, he's, he's for, for better or worse, his, his name is as out there now as it ever was. Probably, um, a, lot of, probably a lot of people have watched this episode and then they know all about the killer Tesla and they never knew it before, like us. Exactly. And, you know, I, I think it's great that Doctor Who can turn him into something that isn't just, he's the guy that, from that car. <laughs> yeah, he was a bit more than that. The whole thing with the car, I mean, I have no idea. Is he, um, he never invented the car, though. So is it just, they no, named that's... after him? The car's named after yeah. him, isn't it? It's, it's a Musk thing, isn't it? It's it, a Musk thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's just, oh, he was a, a name after him. Yeah, yeah. You know, because uh, Musk is much more of an Edison, isn't he? He's much more of a... Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just harvesting ideas. And then playing things like we are all his Sims, which is, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan. <laughs> yeah, but now we're now under X rather than Twitter for some reason. I don't know what the X is about. Oh but... yeah. Oh, well, I'm I'm lucky. I've got like my phone is really old and I haven't updated it. So for whatever reason, it still hasn't updated to that. I've still got the proper icon. <laughs> okay, I've just got this giant X now on oh. my phone. Like, 
But I mean, it's like, what, what does it mean? You know, it's like some oh, hieroglyph or something. You know? Although, uh, this is a complete tangent. It did lead, my favourite tweet ever. Um, did you see the tweet that, um, like, Channel 4 made when he announced the name was going to change to X? Um, that they, they tweeted him like the the Channel Four streaming service. Um, they tweeted him and just said, "Good luck, mate. People still call us Four OD." <laughs> it's true. Yeah, true. which I think is such a good. Yeah, people are going to just call it Twitter anyway. So, but sorry, we've gone off on a tangent. No, it's <laughs> fine. Uh, some other things about. Uh, this episode was there was a scene where the Queen of the Skiffra briefly stopped Dorothy Skerritt's heart. Now they filmed it, but it was cut. Um, Edison would have realised that only one of Tesla's prototype inventions could restart her heart. But yeah, she briefly stopped her heart and they filmed it, but they took it out. Oh, that would have been, a, that's a shame. I think that would have been a, a nice scene for the for, for the Queen to, again, yeah. like, like shooting her, her minion. Um, <laughs> just to, to have a sh like showing her power and being that hard-hearted and callous would have been really good. You can imagine Edison as well, like realizing, well, one of my machines couldn't save you, but one of his could. Yeah, and yet again, feeding into the sort of storyline of he can only save her by using someone else's stuff. Correct. <laughs> uh, it was unlikely that Edison would have produced a pistol. Because uh, apparently he was noted for his anti-violence beliefs. Oh! So he produces a gun in this story, but uh, apparently he was anti-violence. So, unless he had it, well, mind you, in America at the moment, I'm not going to go off tangent again, but <laughs> everyone in America seems to have a gun, and there's all sorts of issues with that. Maybe it was simply for that reason. Yeah. He, had, he did have one, but he wasn't intended using it, sort of thing. And, yeah, I guess. As I, I, most I, I, normal people do, you know. Yeah, that, that, you know, may, I, I suppose you could charitably say that as a known person, it was some form of protection, I guess. We'll call it that. Yeah. We'll call it that. <laughs> In the real world, Tesla was not the sole inventor of the radio. The technology was worked on before and after his work on it. So I think the doctor says, like, he, I can't quite remember what she says. She, she says about is, is uh, Marconi, isn't it? Yeah. But I think it sounds like with the radio, I've not looked really into it, but it sounds like there's quite a lot of fingers in the pie with that one. That <laughs> there was quite yeah. a lot of people working on the same thing, and so we did some of it. Yeah, it's it it it. Sometimes things just have their time when lots of people are working on them, and the breakthrough comes, and it's just the time for that to happen. Yeah. Final thoughts on Nikola Tesla's. Night of Terror. Yeah, like like I say, it's it's an enjoyable episode. I really, it was really nice to watch it again for this, and like, and I do, I really enjoy Angelina Mahindra as the Skithra Queen. I think everyone, apart from that one extra about the coil, gives a really good. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think it's got some some really nice themes. And oh yeah, actually there was something um because there was a bit of talk at the time when this came out about the fact that the doctor didn't wipe Edison and Tesla's mind. Oh, okay. She had wiped um, 
oh, I forget their names, the two that are in Spyfall, the lady... Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember her first name, but Tan and... Um, um, Elizabeth. Uh, and Is Ada it... Lovelace. Ada Lovelace. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, I don't, I don't quite know. I think that's probably just one of those things that happened to accidentally fall through the script editing process and it's just no one looked at those two and saw well she does this in this episode and doesn't do it in this episode should we do something i don't think there's any dark meaning behind it but people were very much oh why is she wiping the ladies minds but not the men's which nah, is, i don't i don't yeah. think there'd be any deep sort of like deliberate no do i don't think so i don't think so and i i think i think it does just come down to when you're working on a show that is that long there's going to be weird things like that that slip through because you as much as you want to be you can't be on everything all the time yeah it's so, yeah it's interesting why did yeah it's i'm trying to think like in the past like we never wiped shakespeare's mind we never went no to, she obviously it, thought that like anything that happened in this episode wasn't going to influence yeah. You know, what happened to them? Because to be fair, she never told them the technology. She just showed them. Yeah. She never really said, right, we're going to, we're going to, I mean, that whole thing about doing the a lightning bolt to the tower, I'm pretty certain she would have just went, into, she just went in the tower, just clicked a few buttons and he wouldn't have, he would have asked questions. We even need to know how to. Yeah, exactly. To exactly. He's, so, and, and he's got enough like inventions going on in his head anyway it's not going to change anything that he's working on and edison isn't the one that invents he, so yeah. he's unlikely to be able to do much other than describe what something does yeah i try to think of the ada lovely episode of, get, we're going to that episode now, sorry, <laughs> but, but thinking whether in that episode they done anything that they she had to wipe their minds Mind you, she did, she did tell uh, Ada Lovelace about what was going to happen with the future with this machine and everything yes. like that. So, um, yes. yeah. yeah. And she said, I want to keep the memory of that, but she said, no, 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 you can't know any of that. And I think with, <laughs> with, 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 the, with, the, with the other lady, um, I think you could probably make an argument that, like, she's a, a wartime spy. Like the, the last thing you want is to leave some knowledge in her head that is going to potentially affect the war because it's going to be a fixed point in history. That will be a fixed point. Yeah. Yeah. So, not to be all geeky about it. Sorry about as, as if I could. <laughs> you know, no, I like that. I like when, like, when, when, when these, these questions as Doctor fans have to be answered. They have to be. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, we, we're the fandom that agonizes for hours over, like, what on earth? What, what happened there? Or, uh, yeah. Why is there thirteen doctors with only twelve bodies or whatever? You know? What 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 date did unit happen? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so yeah, but I, I think it's uh, a very underrated episode. Actually, yeah, I would, I would agree. I would agree. Did you enjoy watching it again? I was. I did enjoy watching it again. Um, I think all the regulars. I mean, as we discussed earlier, there seems to be this thing where all the regulars don't. You hard. They don't do anything. And that's always a problem with free companions. I mean, and that goes back to Peter Davison's time. There's always going to be usually one that is the odd one out because there's just not enough to go around. But in this episode, all of them got, like, as I say, a scene or a moment 
they had little moment. They, they certainly had their the bit where like having done traded the boards myself. When you look in the script, and then you go, all right, right, okay, I'm I'm hardly in this perhaps, but this is the this is the the bit. This is you know I'm this is my mo moment. I need to sort of work on you know. Yeah. Um, that's just a just talking thing. That's like an ego thing. That's like you know, like, all right, I've only got this one scene in this play, but you know, like, I'm going to make sure that try and do it the best I can, sort of thing. Yeah. But they all have uh, their moment in this. Like they all have a moment with one of the guest characters, which was nice, and it yeah. just looks amazing. It really yeah. does. And oddly, right at the beginning, when they're on the train, really reminded me of. Um, do you remember Wild Wild West, the Will Smith film? Yeah. Yeah. Like, because they, they, they've got a train in that that's very similar, and then there's obviously a giant spider thing in that that's a bit like the skithering. You know, where you're kind of like, oh, just remind me of Wild Wild West, and that's not a very good film. But, um, <laughs> so um, I don't think it was that great either, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but um, but yeah, no, thank you so much for uh, for letting me revisit it and, and chat about it. It's been really nice. Oh, no, no, no problem, pleasure. <laughs> What's the Yes, any stick out moment? Uh, actually, the, the, my favourite moment, and I didn't talk about it, is there's that one scene where the, the Skithra Queen is talking to the Doctor and and she says something like, like no weapons, no no armour, just the, the vain hope that you'll change my mind. And she just pulls this little face at the Doctor at the end of that, and that's just such a chillingly cold moment i really like that scene that that's the standout bit for me i remember the first time i watched it through just going oh oh i like her like at that bit what about for you i like the bit um where tesla and the dot where tesla ran out the tardis and he's just he's just looking out onto Wardenclyffe with his hands behind his back and he's just reminiscing about you know i nearly made it but now i'm getting asked to you know, the whole world's going to uh, die for me. No. And then the doctor sort of just says, look, we've got to save the world, right? You're going to change the world. But if... And then he completely changes on a sixpence. He's like, right, okay then. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's go and save the world then. Um, and it's so nice to have yeah. the time just to have a little a scene like that. Just, just a little break in everything that's going on just for a, a little moment between the two characters. I think it's really nice. It happens quite a bit in Chibnall's time. I mean, there's the, the one that people seem to criticise is the one in, Revol um, in Resolution where with the Dalek and it's bang, 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 bang. And then you have that scene in the cafe between Ryan and his dad. And a, and a lot of criticism seems to be that, oh, it's like shoved in the middle of this action story. And but I don't mind that. It, it's nope. like, it's, it's actually good that it's there. Yes. But the criticism seems to be that it takes you out the, the action and, um, I guess a bit like the trail of the Time Lord, sort of going back to the courtroom <laughs> every five minutes. Uh, but I think that's slightly different because it's only happens for that one long scene. And and I think it probably does also depend on like if you're invested in Ryan, that scene is as important as any other. But if yeah. if you've got problems with Ryan, then you're not going to like that scene because you're taking time away from everything else to spend time with that. Yeah, character. you're going. Oh God. Although, any, why anyone wouldn't want to see Todd and Cole for five minutes, I don't know. But there you go. That's just me. <laughs> no, he's a very handsome man. <laughs> he is very handsome, man. Um, well, thank you very much, Alex, for 
us talking about Nikola Tesla. It's been great. Um, where can listeners uh, find you? Uh, so uh, I'm on Twitter at Dummy Crashed. Um, it's it's basically my only form of social media. Um, I'm on there because I uh, I do a podcast called uh, Talk Toy to Me, um, which I, I'm sort of. Uh, that's why I had. That's why I got Twitter in the first place. But um, it meant I could connect with uh, people like you, Dave, which is awesome. So thank you so much for having me on. Oh, it's been a, a pleasure. <laughs> Lovely to meet you, Alex. And hope I can take you back for another one in the future. Oh, like if you would have me back, I would love to do another one. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, we'll talk. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We'll talk. Well, uh, so I'll just say till uh, next time, and thanks for your time. No worries at all. I'll see you soon. <laughs>